Hi, and welcome to the Gene Space, where I talk about creativity, writing, music, life in an autistic household, and other random stuff. I'm so glad you're listening today. This week's essay is about writers, books, and bookstores. Bookstores have been one of my most reliable, happy spaces my whole life, and it's been very sad to see so many go out of business. When we first moved to our current town, this is more than 20 years ago, there were three largish new book bookstores, um, plus several other used bookstores nearby, including one store that was my favorite because it was basically the ground floor of somebody's house. Um, Used bookstores have always been just treasures to me. I love wandering around them and finding just unexpected scene, uh, scenes, and it's been devastating to see every single one of them go out of business in my area. The sole survivor of Barnes & Noble shut its doors in August, and by then I could barely bring myself to go there because all the comfy chairs had been taken away and the stacks had been reorganized so that it was really hard to find anything, and they basically made half the store a place where you bought toys and other merchandise, but I miss even that Barnes and Noble now that it's gone. And I was happy that in my trip to New York a couple of weeks ago, I got to visit some very grand bookstores. Enjoy the show. I celebrated my birthday last week in New York City my second visit ever to that metropolis. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting, goes the song, which was written by Vernon Duke in 1933. My answer to that question is, I've spent so much time in this city in my imagination that being in the actual place feels like a fever dream where fact and fiction, past and present, get all mixed up together. In books, I've eavesdropped on Dorothy Parker, cracking jokes with Robert Benchley and the gang at the Algonquin Round Table. I've peered through the secret window into Nero Wolfe's office to see who was sitting in the red chair. I've imbibed bathtub gin with the Fitzgeralds, explored the eateries of Greenwich Village with Calvin Trillin, and I've waited for the evil editor to get her comeuppance in countless chiclet novels. Autumn in New York is often mingled with pain. Second verse of the song, sadder than the first. Up to the day before our visit, weather forecasters were predicting a week of sun and mild temperatures. We packed accordingly, researched walking tours of Manhattan, made a list of attractions such as the Empire State Building to visit, and generally planned to be out and about as much as possible. Then we exited Penn Station to a downpour. In my 20s, while I was living in Chicago, another big city, I started reading a lot of Lost Generation writers. The Lost Generation was comprised of people who came to adulthood around the time of World War I and who'd had their expectations and ideals disrupted by that cataclysm. Broken, or at least dented, they wrote on, Many were based in New York, and they depicted the city in a way that made it feel equally gritty and glamorous. I was living in a big city and slowly recovering from a small but volcanic cataclysm. 
these books helped me dodge the lava and learn, especially from the writings of Dorothy Parker, how to be a city girl. What to do in New York in the rain? First up, visit an iconic bookstore featured on various TV shows and movies. Dave and I acquired $10 tourist umbrellas from CVS and set out for the Strand Bookstore. This would be a walk of about 35 blocks, but of course, New York blocks are very short. We entered and I was immediately gobsmacked. The place was a cathedral to the written word, long stacks, twice my height or more, each shelf packed. Ladders everywhere and so many colors and bindings of books. There were also lots of tchotchkes with perhaps more socks, bookmarks, totes, and postcard than strictly necessary, but books were first, front, and center. The Strand was originally one of around three dozen bookstores in an area of town called Book Row. The other stores are gone, out of business or elsewhere. Reportedly, the Strand has a total of around 2.5 million books spread among several locations and a warehouse. We browsed for a long time. I made my way up and down ladders, feeling a bit lightheaded, albeit without falling off and into the arms of a handsome stranger even once. It was on a low shelf in a corner that I found and bought a new-to-me Calvin Trillin book, Remembering Denny. Calvin Trillin, who may still live in Greenwich Village, not far away, and who wrote a piece about this store, Three Strand Hounds, for the New Yorker. Two days later, it was still raining. We'd been to museums and jazz clubs, so culture, culture, culture. I'd felt a little disappointed that the trad jazz trio in the Flatiron Room hadn't included Autumn in New York in their set. Because it was Autumn, and we were in New York. Now we were in a Times Square diner, discussing whether the Empire State Building would be worth a try. The conclusion was no. Although, we got thrown out of the Empire State Building the next morning, very politely. That's a story for another time. It was getting harder by the minute to stay happy despite the weather. Dave's $10 umbrella had lost a structural spoke in the winds coming off the East River and had been laid rather forcefully to rest in a trash bin on 36th Street. My baseball cap was so soaked that after a night's drying in the hotel room, it was still damp. Down the block was the M&M store, but we weren't in the mood for candy of any color. Instead, we headed to another bookstore, a second-hand place called Book Off. This shop was less magnificent than the Strand, but still eminently browsable. There was a loft full of books, a basement packed with manga, and a main floor with DVDs and other media. There was also an enormous, unclassified pile of hardbacks along the side of the staircase to the loft. That's where I happened on The English Wife, a mystery set in Gilded Age New York by Lauren Willig, who's a writer based in New York City. Maybe our umbrellas had crossed paths at some point this week. It's autumn in New York. It's good to live it again. Verse 3. A conclusion of sorts. The rain had petered off a bit while we were in the bookstore. We were hungry again after another walk of many blocks. We rambled through the theater district in search of pizza. Hey, said Dave, 
There's the Algonquin. He was right. Dorothy Parker and the rest, I wanted to time travel back to 1922. Sadly, in 2022, there was no pizza on the Algonquin menu. There was flatbread, but it's not the same thing. And the burgers cost upwards of $25. So I snapped a picture instead. We ate eventually at John's Pizzeria, which is a couple of doors down from Sardi's, a restaurant mentioned by many New York writers and featuring caricatures of many of them, including Dorothy. John's has its variation on the Sardi's theme, a mural featuring various celebrities and notables, all in basically New York. The bit of it next to our booth showed Andy Warhol, John and Yoko, Marilyn Monroe, and various others. No Dorothy Parker that I could see. The pizzeria has only been in operation since the 1990s. Too late for her to, to have visited. But the building originally housed the Gospel Tabernacle Church, and a missionary training college, and a bookstore. I wonder if Dorothy ever dodged into it on a rainy autumn day. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. A piece of music can have the same kind of fever dream effect on me as walking through Manhattan in 2022, while all my associations from the 1900s are are doing battle in my head, especially if the piece of music is is something I haven't heard so often that my associations are blurred. A lot of great singers have recorded Autumn in New York, including Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, and Diana Krall. Um, My favorite version, however, is Billie Holiday's, which is just piano and the vocal. And to me, it captures just perfectly the mood of this beautiful song. If you haven't heard it, check it out. I think you'll like it. There's a link to my WordPress blog in the description box if you'd like to read the original or check out some of my other essays. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, be well.